Before we get going with episode two of the People of Packaging podcast, we wanted you to hear a little bit about the Business and Bourbon podcast. Ted and I are super excited to be part of the Business and Bourbon podcast network, so check it out, and I hope you enjoy episode two. It's business and beyond. Yep. We're going to get real, man. Let's do real it. Real talk, real people. Because this is about the real dope. This is about real talk. No guidelines, no rules. No. Make it happen. This guy, we're going to have a hard time shutting him up. Why the hell did you start a business? We got Rodney Winfrey over here, man. I am notorious for saying inappropriate things. Join us for real talk with real people and real drinks. Business and bourbon on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Welcome to episode number two of the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm Ted Tate. And today's episode, we will be getting to know my co-host, Adam Peake, quite a bit better. So, we hope you enjoyed the first episode where uh, you got to know me a bit better. And uh, once you get to know us as a team um, hosting this podcast, uh, we'll start bringing you stories of other people within this industry, um, explaining their journeys into and throughout this industry and exposing the different types of uh, job opportunities available and skill sets needed within this industry to those who uh, aren't aware of the importance of packaging to every other industry. So as a multi-billion dollar industry, it's amazing that it's uh, an afterthought for most or not even a thought for most. So uh, with this episode, we, we, we hope you enjoy the conversation I had uh, interviewing Adam. We're here with this episode of the podcast, and I'm here with Adam Peak, my co-host here. And we're going to get into his business today and find out, uh, you know, his role within this packaging world and his path on how to get here. So welcome, Adam. Thanks. So if I met you like I did at a industry function and uh, asked, you know, who you are and what is your role within this industry, what would you tell me? Yeah, so on kind of a broader scale, I like to say that I, I help create packaging that helps companies sell products. And so what that means is the, the stuff that you design and make, um, I make things that make it look pretty. So I work for a company, WS Packaging, and we produce labels, shrink sleeves, folding cartons, and then some equipment that will put the label on a bottle. Uh, it's one of those things that people don't really like to think about. It's all the way at the end of the line. Everything's gone through all the testing and stability and barrier and all this kind of stuff and it gets down there and all of a sudden the label won't go on so uh, we we help in those challenging situations uh, create labels and boxes folding cartons that are printable and usable and functional and 
that's kind of what that's kind of what we do. Okay, so people probably don't even pay attention to the importance of labeling. You know, without a label, no one knows what the product is uh, for legal reasons. You need the label to identify, you know, the net weight, some claims, you know, UPC scannability, you know, all of these things. People probably don't think the label is just there to make it look pretty, like you said, but it's, it's a very functional piece to packaging. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of... It's it's amazing how much even the government, you know, the government will pass a law that will require more information to be put on a on a, a package, right? And so if uh, if that's the the SPF monogram as an example, all of a sudden you've got this little tiny label. You got to fit more regulatory compliance stuff on. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody in the government probably thought about that, uh, but those are the kind of challenges that that we get to help solve, which is how do we get all of the stuff onto a label. Um, you know, and another great point, one time I, I bought a, I bought a bottle of wine for my mother-in-law and, uh, I took the label off and it was a nice bottle of wine and I, and I gave it to her without a label and she was a little sketched out, right? Like what is in this? And I, and I'm telling her, you know, I'm like, I'm her son-in-law. I'm like, this is, this is what's in it. You know, it's this kind of wine. But there's a sort of trepidation, like a, a, a label also instills trust in the consumer. They, they can know this is what is, these are the ingredients, this is what's in it, this is the brand, I trust this brand. Without it, you can kind of lose, you lose that level of trust. So yeah, there's, uh, maybe I'm just overhyping. I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's got some, some serious functionality, some importance there. Um, you know, primary guys get a lot of glory. But it's really, you know, in the end, without a label, you don't have a package to sell. Sure. But also without it, without a, you know, without a rigid, you know, without a container, you can't hold it. It won't transport. So, I mean, they're symbiotic for sure. You can't really have one without the other in, in a lot of cases. So, okay. Yeah, for sure. So you deal with a very important piece of packaging. How did you get there? Um, you know, just like everybody else did, I was a pastor. I was working at Starbucks, and then I got into packaging. Just, you know, pretty much like every other career path. That's <laughs> that, that sounds just nothing like anybody else's <laughs> I've ever heard. Okay, no. So let's let's take it a, a step back even further because I'm sure it's going to get even more interesting. Let's talk about from when you were growing up. Did you want to be in packaging? As a six-year-old or seven-year-old, <laughs> no. I mean, I think I mentioned when uh, when when I was doing your interview that I really thought I was going to be a rapper. Uh, that's what I that's what I wanted. I one time I I wrote I entered a contest. This is this is a horrible story, but I entered a contest uh, where I wrote a rap about the Denver police about how cops were cool. <laughs> And I won tickets to a New Kids on the Block concert. With oh wow, that's a that's a huge prize. So it was a I was a pretty big deal. Um, no, I mean I I lived and breathed. Uh, really, it was basketball. I that's what I wanted to do um, when I was a kid. I mean, I still have 
just like I have a big giant safe full of Michael Jordan stuff from growing up. So I was a big Michael Jordan fan, uh, loved the Denver Nuggets. And so that was my whole upbringing. Um, I don't even think I owned a pair of jeans until I was in high school. It was just always sweatpants, shorts. Uh, that was, that was how I, that was what I did. So, um, yeah, obviously I didn't know anything about packaging growing up. And then as I started to get into high school and started looking at college, uh, to be honest, I, I really thought I was going to be, I was going to be a pastor or a, like a full-time missionary. So my father, uh, you know, shout out to Ed, uh, Ed Peak, he, uh, he encouraged me to go to get my business degree. So I went to Colorado state and later go get my kind of seminary degree, master's theology type stuff, you know, just in case. <laughs> so that's, uh, so that's what I did. I went to CSU, uh, got married right out of high school, sorry, right out of college, um, got married. And then from there, it was kind of like, you're just sort of figuring it out. I got, I was 22 years old when I got married. My wife was still in college. So I was working at Walgreens and then I was a college pastor and a high school pastor. And then I worked at Wells Fargo and I was an assistant manager at Starbucks. And you're just kind of like piecemealing together. It's, it's not really a career. It was more, how do I, how do I make enough money to support this thing that we have, which is a marriage. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of what I was doing. It was, it was sort of directionless, I guess. Um, at one point I applied for pharmacy school, you know, you were all over the place. I was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I was all over the place. And, uh, and then everything really changed. And I think any parent probably has this moment when it was this exciting moment when my wife tells me she's pregnant and I was going to be a dad. And, and I remember the sheer feeling of excitement coupled with the, Oh no, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be a dad. And so that was really when I started to look around and, you know, I think, a lot of what happens in our life is is predicated on the the people that we interact with and and a little bit of luck right like you have to have a little bit of luck and so as i was looking for jobs my wife really wanted to stay home and 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 i wanted her to be able to do that and at the time i wasn't even making enough money to cover our mortgage like she was a teacher she was our breadwinner. I'm like running around making coffee, playing ultimate frisbee with college kids, and and so I happened to call my uncle, who uh, owned his own packaging distribution company in Carlsbad, California. Peak Packaging. You can visit them at peakpackaging.com. P-E-E-K packaging.com. Uh, so still up and running, and uh, he hired me to be his general manager. So he took a chance on a kid that had no idea about this whole packaging world. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it worked and I haven't, I haven't left, uh, from there I went, um, ironically, I was still able to be a pastor. So I was, I moved from San Diego out to Colorado Springs, which is where I was from and helped start a church and started at WS Packaging seven years ago. So I would work full-time and I would help pastor and preach. So, Okay, that's an interesting <laughs> path into packaging. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure I'm going to hear that 
half again. But uh, you, you're like most people that I've talked to, which I, which is why we find this very interesting. It's it's different mm. for everybody's story on how they got into packaging, but it seems like once they're in packaging, they stay. Right. Right. So, for you, um, anything interesting that you've seen throughout your career in packaging? It's it stemmed how long? Yeah, so let's see. I started about 10 years ago, I want to say. Well, no. Yeah, my son's 11, so I guess I can kind of figure that out. Mm-hmm. So it was 11 years ago. I I still feel really new. And and that's that's kind of a testament to the industry as a whole. You know, quote only being in it for 10 years. That's not to say there aren't people who are younger than me and newer than me. Of course there are. But the people that I really look up to, I mean, they've been in it for 35, 40 years. And so it maybe it's still just kind of exciting and new and fresh, even though it's been 10 years. But um, I, I think that some of the things that I'm seeing, our, our culture is just kind of changing at a more exponential pace with, especially with a lot of social media and and really just big data and information. I think consumers, even, even not even going back five, six, seven years ago, when it comes to the food that we eat, right? So it's not just enough to put, as we were talking about the intro, hey, these are the ingredients. And people want to know, like, what farm did it come from? Tell me the story of the farmers who are cultivating this crop. And not only that, but what kind of pesticides are you using? You know, how is my food genetically modified? If so, I want to know more about that. And so while the label and the the secondary packaging does create a level of trust, it's, it's still not enough. I mean, there's still more and more people who are going, yeah, I get that you put all these ingredients on there. But I need I want to know a lot more about it. And I think even more and more, you're seeing people, if you walk around grocery stores, it used to just be, hey, I'm going to grab the brand, right? And so it was, it was all about branding, which is still incredibly important. You know, people make decisions in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. But more and more people are going, okay, let me see what this brand, and they're turning the label around, and they're reading, and they're looking, and then they're getting out their phone, and they're scanning the UPC code to see where they can get stuff. It's just become such a more connected culture and it's not slowing down at all. So I think that's probably been, even in this, we'll call it a short period of time that I've been in this 10 years in packaging, I've really seen the the consumer engagement with a brand increase and increase and increase. They just want to know more because they can. You know, when, when I was growing up and when you were growing up, like the Oregon Trail was the coolest thing you could do on the computer, it seemed like. <laughs> and and now, you know, I mean, hardly a conversation goes by where somebody goes, no, you know what, let me tell you why Willie Mays was the greatest, you know, outfielder of all time. And they'll pull up their stats right there. You used to have to memorize that stuff on the back of a baseball mm-hmm. card. Now it's just readily available at any point in time. And so we're used to information being available right then and there. And, and brands are really starting to catch up. The ones that are growing and succeeding. So the other thing in terms of the level of engagement 
is you see a lot of new brands pop up and be successful because they start off with this level of engagement versus the big companies having to get into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find yourself dealing with small, a lot of smaller brands or do you find yourself dealing with more major brands? Yeah. I mean, it's not even new brands. I mean, you look at even new industries, there are Mm -hmm. complete industries that exist today. Cannabis as an example, right. Is just exploded onto the scene. I mean, you know, growing up it was don't do it don't do it don't do it now states are just like no everyone can do it i mean do it right right exactly so so it's not just new brands it's it's entire new industries that are coming out and yeah we do we do end up working quite a bit with smaller engaged you know kind of emerging brands i guess and it really has to do a lot with our digital asset base we've got a ton of digital printing which lends itself to nimbleness and flexibility. You know, so you can you can get your, you know, you can get your container and it's blank. And you can try out different markets. You can we see Coca-Cola right now is doing a ton with like personalization and, and other brands are as well, right? Lots of personalization and there's been a real emergence of digital printing um, that that has then not only let newer brands get into it, but it's also let a lot of other printers in because it's, it's kind of, it, it's not easy. I don't want to make it sound like anybody can do it, but mm-hmm. you can go out and buy a digital label press for not that much money, relatively speaking. And it's not like you're in the back, like cooking and mixing ink together and mounting plates. You know, the science of printing is still re- very much there, but the emergence of digital has has really pushed the envelope for a lot of that stuff, especially as newer brands are coming out and the the individualization of packaging is is kind of growing and, and moving on up. So yeah, we do a lot with I think we have seven thousand customers in our in our customer base. It's wow. it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of That's people. I don't. I don't cover all of them, but <laughs> luckily, luckily, you wouldn't have time for this podcast. No, no, or or my five kids. <laughs> okay, so where do you want to see packaging go in the future? Um, I mean, I think that the true and the easy answer is uh, a, a reduction in packaging. Um, I think that. That's a big part of the, the the stewardship level of packaging is not just the materials and the recyclability and all that. It's just uh, finding better ways to use less packaging. I know that's weird to say on a packaging podcast, but but making a, an efficient package, um, and it's not like that's not happening. I mean, there's people like yourself who are engineers who are, that's all, I mean, that's, that's their job literally is... Mm-hmm waking up every day and solving this incredible challenge of how do we, not just because of costs either, right? Because this is what consumers are even demanding. Um, I remember I put this up on my LinkedIn, but I remember one time I bought something and it was in kind of a, um, like a, a plastic, you know, like a thermal form molded clamshell that you can't get into. And, and I was like, Oh snap. I need scissors. And I, I bought, I picked it up at Lowe's. The only scissors I could find at Lowe's were also in a clamshell. 
And so I got back and I was trying to open up these scissors and I get why it all happens. I understand that, you know, like shrink at the retail level is a big problem and theft and things like that. But I just remember sitting there thinking like, there's got to be a better way. Like I can't, I need the scissors that are in this clamshell to open this thing up, but I need scissors. It was super frustrating. Um, I ended up taking a knife and like almost cutting like a kitchen knife to get it open. It was crazy. Oh, that's bad. Um, so just things like that, right? Like how do we, how do we reduce the amount of packaging that, that has to be used? Um, I think is, is, is a really fun challenge um, for a lot of people to solve. Okay. People much smarter than me too. And me too. <laughs> um, earlier you talked about sustainability and and customers wanting to know, you know, beyond just ingredients, how they're sourced, you know, how the people are treated, you know, uh, renewable energy, you know, it, it goes further back in, in the layers that people look into. So I, I just wanted to bring that up back to attention because uh, when you interviewed me, I talked sustainability. It was, you know, just surrounding the package itself. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you did bring up a good point that it, it goes beyond just the package. Yeah. Sustainability is a true mindset and process to follow. So uh, I thought that was a very key point that you brought up. And we get asked that too. I mean, we have we have companies that have audited us and it's not just... Hey, tell me about your sustainability plan. I mean, it they they go in really, really deep, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of the transportation of of the product. So, you know, one one example that I've used quite a bit is, um, you know, I live in Utah, and we will ship folding cartons from Milwaukee into Utah, right? And so it's like, well, what about the freight? But what people don't think about is, well, what about the raw material freight? You know, so if mm -hmm. if if you're buying raw material from from Wisconsin and you're shipping it into Utah, well, the, your freight you're, you're paying to ship waste, and there's fossil fuels that are being used to ship waste. Right. So you're like really digging in is it's hard work to to discern those metrics, but companies are asking it. They're asking about um, from from our perspective about that type of sustainability. Um, I'm starting to see more and more about like culture. Like what's the culture of your company? Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of our customers because their customers are asking the same right. kinds of questions. Right. The customer is getting smarter, and and that's a good thing for our industry. It's not bad. It's not to be fought or you know kind of railed against like all oh, the kids these days. No, it's, it's good. It's the future. Mm -hmm. Once people are engaged, they don't become unengaged. So disengaged, I should say. Um, so I know we're getting far in time for the podcast, but I, I do have to ask this question. Is there uh, any advice that you would give a younger Adam Peak? I mean, stick with that rap career. That's what I would say. <laughs> Just keep, I mean, you had bars, kid. No. <laughs> Horrible advice. They were so bad. It was so bad. Uh, you know, I think it's, um, for maybe not specific to somebody in, in the packaging space, but even somebody, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, uh, don't just chase after the quote, sexy jobs. 
because there's a lot of, for example, if you are in graphic design or engineering, or if you want to get into sales, there's a tendency I, I found of kids wanting to go after that, that hot job with this new tech company or this or that, or you know, Google or Amazon or whatever it is. Um, printing and packaging is not going away. Like we're not about to start, you know, teleporting products off the end of a manufacturing line direct to consumer. And so if, and, and it's not boring, it's always new. Like there are always new things coming up because companies are always making new stuff. So you always have new, fun, exciting challenges. It's not a boring industry. Um, at all. And hopefully we can even highlight that here, that there's not boring people in the industry. It's not boring in and of itself. And so consider that if you're in graphic design or if you're in engineering, look at packaging engineering, look at, because you'll always have work. You know, if, if you know how to lay out graphics on a, on a die line for a folding carton in a way that is that is printable, that is engaging, that is dynamic. If you can learn that at 18, 19, 20 years old, I mean, you can you can ride this thing for for a long time. There's going to be a ton of people out there making graphics for, you know, websites and making apps. And if that's your thing, man, you know, you do you. But I'm just saying like this industry exists and 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 it's fun, it's exciting. I, I mean, there's a part of me that does wish I would have gotten into it earlier. I was when I was working at Walgreens, I was setting, I was trying to set up the intricate POP displays that we get mm -hmm. shipped in. So I was working the overnight shift at like 22 years old. And I'm so sorry, engineers, but I threw away like 80% of those things. <laughs> I would just grab, I didn't realize they were like 20 bucks a pop so or, or more. So I would just grab the product and I would put it on the shelf and I would chuck the POP displays because oh. <laughs> I didn't want to put it up. But that's another, I mean, it's a piece of advice for engineers today. It's like, you're, you're dealing with 22 year old Adam who doesn't want to do origami at two o'clock in the morning because <laughs> I'm just trying to stay awake. So yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta think about who the people are you're putting it together. So, uh, that was like two, that was like a two for one advice. <laughs> that was, that was good advice though. Good advice. Thanks. So I want to thank you for, uh, taking the time to, to share your story and, uh, look forward to the future conversations we're going to have with other packaging people from all aspects of packaging, hoping that, you know, it, it shows that there are a lot of paths within the umbrella of packaging that are very interesting, regardless of what your specialty is. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll, we'll bring enough uh, aspects talking to different people that will get younger people and other people involved in packaging. Right on. Until the next time. All right. Thanks, Ted. Thank you, Adam. Man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, when Ted and I recorded that, we were just uh, just figuring out what to do. So, uh, like I said in the in the first intro to episode number one, uh, our our interviews I think we get better as time continues to go on and we continue to do interviews. So, a couple things. Uh, number one, if you want to connect with me, please do throw so through LinkedIn. Uh, you can go to search for Adam A D A M Peak P E E K. And you should be able to find me there pretty quickly. And, uh, and shoot me a message. I respond to every direct message that I get on LinkedIn. So shoot me a message if you want to connect up. Uh, also, uh, our people of packaging, we have a page on LinkedIn. We've got a page on Facebook. And so you can interact with, with us there. 
look up Business and Bourbon, the Business and Bourbon podcast. Uh, season two is going to be coming out here pretty soon. Uh, so follow uh, Ronell Richards for some updates on that. We're excited to be part of his podcast network that he's got going on here. Episode three will be launching next. And uh, it's going to be an interview with my coworker, actually. Her name is Paulette Grams, and I think you're really going to enjoy, uh, enjoy that episode. And uh, we should have that out here in, uh, in a couple weeks or a week. We don't, we're not really sure on what the schedule is going to be here as we're both uh, fairly busy uh, business professionals. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, please subscribe uh, wherever you listen to this. Uh, we're continuing to roll out on different uh, podcast platforms, so uh, subscribe there. And that would be great. Till next time. Thanks. <laughs>